This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Footballers DFS podcast with your hosts Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in Tuesday, November fifteenth, here on the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. I'm Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined by a very disheveled, sad, broken man. It's Matthew Betts. Oh, brother, where do we start? Where do we start, Kyle? We can start with the Eagles losing to the Commanders on Monday Night Football. We could start with Dallas Goddard out for a long time with a shoulder injury. We could start with Cooper Cup out for possibly the year with ankle surgery. Um, man, and you know, most importantly, let's let's not bury the lead. The streak is over. I did not cash this week, and it's sad because I know I've been fortunate. You know, I can't really complain. But every time I come on the show, I'm like excited to talk about the week, what happened, what got, went right, all these things. Uh, lots of snowflakes for your boy this week in DFS. No, I bet the haters right now, they're listening to this podcast, which is hilarious. But they're looking at, they're listening to you, and they are just dancing on your grave, dancing on your eagles. And all of those Manders fans are just right now partying in the streets with Taylor Heineke. All 12 of them. For, yeah, all those people <laughs> that, that have been Manders fans for forever. Uh, yes, it, it was a tough weekend for you. I will say there is a silver lining in a victory that you need to shout from the rooftops. You got your kids to, to, to sleep through the night. Oh my gosh, dude. That's the most important thing in my life right now. Honestly, um, anyone out there that is a parent probably understands what like the four month regression situation is like with twins. Holy crap. Uh, that was an experience, but we have them now sleep trained. They have slept through the night, uh, two nights in a row. So I've never had more energy in my entire life. And we also, my wife and I kind of feel like, what do we do with all this time? Like when they're napping, like, do we get to like actually hang out? Do we get to, you know, do something we like to do? Do we get to exercise? So this is a whole new world for me, Kyle. I don't, I mean, I'm living, dude. I, I know that I talked about the bad stuff. This outweighs everything. No, I, I think people need to realize that. Yes. DFS is our job. It's fun. It's goofy. It's kind of a stupid job if we're honest. But when you get to get a win in parenting, like it feels really good, really, really good. And I don't have experience with twins, uh, but getting your kid to slowly progress through, hey, they're growing, they can sleep longer. Like it's kind of a miracle because at different stages, I won't lie, there are certain points you're like, how will this ever change? How will this human being <laughs> ever grow? How will they ever make good decisions? Even my kids, like where they're at and their age is now six and three. Like I'm still like, how are you going to learn how to read or just do anything. So, yes, victory for bets in the midst of a pretty pretty tough weekend and we'll get to talk about our cash lineups, but yes, if you're with us, we're we're glad you're here. We're going to talk about our cash lineups from this past week, talk about the state of the main slate week 11. I had a friend ask me like, hey, "What do people do in DFS if like the season goes on and they're out of the redraft leagues?" I'm like, "Well, we have a whole crew of people that say giddy up and they're ready to go even further into DFS. And if you're with us, like I think there can be an advantage. And next week when we get into Thanksgiving, there's a clear advantage because they're going to be listening to us. I mean, that's all you really got to do, right? I mean, listen to the show, make smart line of decisions, print simple as that. We'll be talking about our schedule. We'll reveal that later on this week of what our schedule is for Thanksgiving. 
because I won't be in the studio. I'll be remotely. This is the old school Borg and Betts when uh, we were both remote. And, you know, this, this, is, this is how we do it. So should be good. But let's talk about our cash lineup. Straight cash, homie. You know, fear is quite the driver, the, co- the pilot, if you will. Um, some people say we have nothing to fear. But fear itself, well, that fear this past week drove me to, I have to play a Miami wide receiver or I am just terrified of getting buried. And that fear kind of is something that when I was writing my cash lineup review, I realized like a lot of my decisions were made out of, I don't want to be buried by Tyreek or by Waddle. And it kind of informed the rest of my lineup. I will say that the players that you and I had is pretty much like we liked the most this week failed. So I'm sorry. Uh, we played them. We felt the pain with Alvin Kamara and Damian Pierce. Uh, yeah, just talk to the people about your process. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of one of those things that felt pretty clear as like the weekend went on, especially when we got the Tony Pollard play to open up. You know, if you followed the news all weekend, we talked about it on the show, it was in the DFS pass, like, hey, if Zeke is out, this is a great spot for Tony Pollard. And of course, we found out at the morning, Sunday morning, that he would likely miss. So that became a very popular play, not only in tournaments, but in cash. And so, you know, Tony Pollard was another clear play. To me, I, I really liked the lineup that I built going into the week. And in hindsight, you know, it just didn't work out. Alvin Kamara busted. Uh, Juju was concussed. And so he was out. Um, obviously, Justin Fields went crazy, but everyone had him, so it didn't really matter sort of thing. You know, and then it was like a, a decision at tight end. Do you play Foster Moreau, who paid off his salary handsomely, or Greg Dulcich, who failed miserably? And I landed on Greg Dulcich because I had the extra money <laughs> to get to him, unfortunately. So, yeah, it didn't work out for me this weekend. I uh, still felt pretty good about the overall process of where I landed on those plays. But, you know, in DFS, that'll happen. You'll feel pretty good about your lineup. On paper, it looks great. And this is the reality of the NFL. Variance is high, and that means DFS variance is very high. I tilted. I don't. I don't usually do that with cash. I usually feel pretty good. But that news about Josh Allen, about the Minnesota defense, I mean, I, I would say we haven't had a slate this entire year that was that closely connected to what is happening five minutes before kickoff. Like, I don't think we've ever had anything like that. So, for me, we said Minnesota and Arizona were our two defenses. But then when it was very clear that Josh Allen would be the starter, I pivoted, and I actually pivoted off Foster Moreau to your boy Harrison Bryant. And for that first, like, you know, 20 minutes of the slate, I felt like a true G, man. I mean, I had Harrison Bryant in my cash lineup. Dude <laughs> scores a one-yard touchdown, and my pants are off already. <laughs> I played him actually, too, in a few GPPs, not hoping for anything except for a touchdown. And when it happened, I was like, all right, here we go. I just played him as part of, like, the two of double stacks with the bring back. He was the bring back because... I, dude, DraftKings this, this year is insane. With the pricing, it is so tough to fit in plays that you actually like. So I was like, you know what? Punt it off a bridge. Let's see what happens. So yeah, that's what we live for, right? The one catch for two yards and a touchdown? Yeah, I, I was feeling great. And I also was like, I have a cash lineup with Donovan Peoples-Jones and Harrison Bryant in it. Well, who am I becoming? And DPJ <laughs> looked like a great play. He was he was the most popular wide receiver, though, in the slate, which is kind of... What does that tell you about where cash is and where the industry is that a player that is super volatile, right? Like DPJ in the past has kind of been touchdown or bust, like an MVS type. Now it's like he was a good play that got steamed up and he became a top five wide receiver cash play for us over the weekend. Yeah, I think a lot of it just has to do with the pricing, honestly, because most weeks it kind of feels like, I should say last year rather, most weeks there was, you know, two, three, four, maybe five guys that you could talk yourself into below 5K on DraftKings. This year, it literally feels like you're just scraping to get two plays in that range. And it makes it really tough because when one does open up, that's pretty obvious, which I do think DPJ was rather obvious in the context of this slate. He's actually been reliable, which is crazy to even say over the last month. Um, And so, yeah, it made it very clear, like he's been good. His pricing makes a lot of uh, things work. There aren't any other options besides like Zay Jones in this range or Mac Hollins. So yeah, go with the guy who's been good in a good game environment. And it made sense that he was super, super popular um, in cash he was you know great for cash what you needed uh, I faded him in tournaments because I was like you know what we've seen this story before um, and he did pay off his salary so you know he was totally fine the same thing along those lines like I played a ton of Amari Cooper as well I, I just I don't understand Kyle like someone explain to me 
home road splits like does it really matter that much because for him i was like you know what it, i'm not playing into this like what a narrative yada yada right. but it is so real for him like <laughs> what's happening with amari cooper he failed miserably he's done that even in his dallas days like he's he's a weird player we talked about uh but it was a matchup you wanted to attack i uh, yeah there's so many different things when you look at matchups including so justin jefferson remember was like he's been our slate breaker two weeks in a row and the main thing I said this past week is I said, ignore the matchup with Buffalo. And, you know, he he was bonkers, catch of the year. I mean, one of my favorite catches of my life. I know everybody's going to be talking about that. But Jay Jets, I was wearing my Jay Jets shirt yesterday, just kind of strutting around in the office like, I mean, is, that's our boy. I mean, former could have been, probably should have been Philadelphia Eagle, Justin Jefferson. Stop, Kyle. Stop. <laughs> not today, okay? <laughs> of all the days, not today. On the day that we dunk. lose, this is my chance uh, to, to dunk. the Commanders and their backup quarterback. Which you know, shout out to Taylor Heineke. Like he's a fun player to root for as an NFL fan, just because he cares so much and you know he's gritty and all those things. But my goodness, what an egregious game that was! But yeah, man. I mean, Justin Jefferson. We talked about it just in general with like wide receiver quarterback matchups. They matter a little. They don't matter that much, especially for elite wide receivers. So that's one area that I think the field is still very much afraid to play those guys. We saw it last night. If anyone played showdown, like. Everyone was into uh, Curtis Samuel because the the Eagles slot corner was out. You know, Darius Slay on the perimeter is getting all the headlines. He's been great. Terry McLaurin is just that dude. And Justin Jefferson is that dude. So that's one edge I think that still exists in DFS is ignoring cornerback matchups when it makes sense and really going after the studs when they're not going to be rostered. I played one Millie Maker lineup. Did you win? Because uh, I, I definitely cashed. I mean, come on. Because it <laughs> had Justin or what? Jefferson. I mean, I won, you know, 150K, but whatever. Okay, nice. The, the point is, is that I went into that using our roster percentage projections going, okay, I like Justin Jefferson. I think he can break the slate, and I think nobody's going to be playing him. He was even lower than what we projected. He was at 3%. So it's using the game theory portion. That's like one of my favorite things. It's just saying, okay, here's what the field is so confident it's going to happen. And nobody's going to play this person. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had a good little run there with that team where I was like, hey, I'm live here. And I like thinking of my Millie Maker lineup, my golden my golden gun approach, because I don't like dumping a ton of money. It's not, it's not a good approach for people, by the way. Don't do this. But I like saying this is my tournament lineup. And, you know, we're 10 weeks in, and that thing's cashed like 7 out of 10 weeks. So I, I, like, I like thinking this is a team that could go there. And it's kind of a thought experiment using my slate breakers and using, you know, the theory and stuff that we talk about. If you want to get all of our picks, all of them, we're talking Vandal, we're talking DraftKings, we're talking, you know, Betts' Vegas write-up. We're talking the Thursday night. Who's Thursday night this week? Uh, we got Packers and Titans. All right, so that's going to be a gross game, right? I mean, King Hunter, baby. He should go off. Are you going to write up, like, Austin Hooper as, like, you, you, the slate breaker of that game? <laughs> we'll see we'll see how much sleep i get with the twins over the next couple days if the sleep regression doesn't come back then probably honestly but yeah that's in the dfs pass along with everything else and kyle real quick before we move on i did just want to point out one more thing in regards to this context of this slate for people that are serious about dfs there is still a massive edge in late news in regards to justin jefferson and in regards to josh allen stacks if we knew josh allen was playing from tuesday on you know he's up there steph diggs is up there gabe davis is up there in roster percentage and Justin Jefferson is there as a bring back. But because no one knew what was happening until Sunday morning, no one played Josh Allen stacks. Steph Digg was, was I think, under 10%. Justin Jefferson, as you mentioned, was not rostered. Gabe Davis went off. He was not. So if you're still plugged into late news and willing to adjust in the, like, the half hour to 45 minutes before kickoff, when it makes sense, there is still a huge edge in DFS. Yep, you can get all of that and more in the DFS Pass if you want to go to DFSPass.com. And... Because we are kind people, we want to give a shout out to one of our listeners who won our weekly contest, Coach Dan. Coach Dan wanted to get a shout out, am I right? I mean, Coach Dan, come on, dude. The best part about getting a shout out is that you don't have to ask for the shout out. But you did win our contest, you took home 400 bucks, and you posted 230 DK points on this slate. For context, second on the slate, 198. I need to see the lineup because how did this guy score 230? on a slate that was very, very tough. So shout out to Coach Dan. Yeah, it's not far off. Millie Maker was 238. So not bad at all. Let's move on to week 11. State of the main slate. Each week, 
We will be referring to the DraftKings Sportsbook line. It's where bets and I play. You can go to sportsbook.draftkings.com. And speaking of your Eagles, I thought it would just be a good thought process to check in on a little wager because I know my Eagles parlays did not hit last night. You know, the Eagles money line, that, that didn't hit. That was so stupid. The, you, there's no way <laughs> so you could bad. have you could have talked me into Washington money line. Like, you could have done Washington the spread. That was Andy's upset. I get that. But man, Eagles money line felt like one of the surest things at home didn't happen. But I want to talk about those commanders bets because I felt like a fool that one of my strongest early season wagers for win totals was Washington over seven and a half. It was the actual first wager I took this year for win totals. And the line felt off. Uh, the team had a pretty easy schedule like they played the AFC South this year they have some they had some games in their schedule I like Falcons Bears Lions and their hardest games were actually at home so I was like sweet that line moved you remember that we took that at seven and a half it moved to eight and I felt so smart and they started the year at one and four gross I was like okay well I lost that money they've been four and one since they're at five wins I need three more wins from the commanders and I cash I feel pretty good Carson Wentz is the problem. I mean, that's that's it. <laughs> Do you think he goes back under center when he's uh, healthy? We did. We discussed that today. We're in the office. We we're like, are they are they dumb enough to not read the room and just go? Okay, so this team clearly likes Heineke. They're clearly playing great. Seems like their fans like him. Are they going to go? You know, what? we we should go back to this guy that no one likes who we didn't win with. And we said that you know people don't do rational things in the NFL. No, if he's back under center, I am terrified for your bet, Kyle, just so you know. But if it's still Heineke, then it's it's got life, which is crazy to say. Um, man, Carson Wentz, what a career. Uh, my wager that I would like to check in with is a guy that we have talked about a lot already, so I won't go into more detail about how amazing this player is. But we took our boy, Justin Jefferson, Offensive Player of the Year, way back in June, July. I don't even remember, Kyle. And I believe we got it at like somewhere around, was it like plus 2,000-ish or something in that nature? Uh, checking in on DK Sportsbook, he is currently plus 250, the odds-on favorite to win that award. Really? We also have, oh yeah, we also have him to lead the league in receiving, which is now currently plus 150 ahead of Tyreek Hill. He has been incredible this year. And it's really sad that some of these wagers happen for certain reasons, but with the injury to Cooper Cup, I mean, it makes it very, very likely that he is that player, unless it's Tyreek Hill. So the odds on that one, if you got in early, are just uh, incredible right now. Uh, I love it. I love it. I We did take Aaron Jones, Offensive Player of the Year. That didn't, yep. didn't you had hit. To. We had I to like at, the, at with, the odds. Wait, 100 to 1? It was, it was like he was tied with some egregious players, like Randall Cobb, Randall Cobb. remember? <laughs> yes. <Okay. Yeah. laughs> All right, so looking at the games this week, Looking at the DraftKings Sportsbook line, the slate context, we have 11 games this week on by. We have Jacksonville, Miami, Tampa Bay, and Seattle. And then off the slate this week is Tennessee and Green Bay. That's the Thursday night game. Sunday night game is Kansas City and Los Angeles Chargers. And then Monday night in Mexico City, San Francisco and Arizona. So those are all the teams we don't have in front of us. How does this impact the player pools this week? Yeah, it's kind of the same story that we talked about most weeks as far as you know the upper echelon of, of guys, especially at quarterback, right? So like no Mahomes, no Kyler, no Justin Herbert, and people have been playing two of double stacks every week. That's off the board. You look at running back, there's some really high-ceiling guys not available. Derrick Henry, um, Ken Walker, CMC, Travis Etienne's been a cash game play three or four weeks in a row now. And then you look at the wide receivers. We talked about the Dolphins guys. You know, There's no Debo, Ayuk. Uh, the Tampa guys, Evans and Godwin, Metcalf and Lockett, DeAndre Hopkins. There's some really, really high upside guys. And then at tight end, uh, it just got worse with the Dallas Goddard news. He's going to be out. Zach Ertz is out for the year. No Kittle, no Kelsey. Still unclear about Mark Andrews. And so, again, if Andrews doesn't go, it creates a slate where it's just miserable. I think in that scenario, if he was out, it would be um, Hawkinson. would be TE1 in pricing. Yeah, there's a couple of guys that when we get to salary standouts, I'm okay with this week at tight end. Like, there's some middle tier, you know, if you want to go Dalton Schultz. Like, there's there's some finds up, and then yeah, there's some punt plays that are names you've never heard of that we'll talk about. So that's really fun. Uh, like your boy Lawrence Cager. Oh, the great, love that guy. 
Yeah, he he caught a touchdown for the Giants and ran a bunch of routes. Former wide receiver, University of Georgia, Lawrence Cager. Which games this week are we targeting? Which ones are at 50? What could go wrong this week, Kyle? We have the Chicago Bears going to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. It is the only game with a total north of 50, and it is at 50 and a half. Uh, Atlanta, home favorites here, minus three. That's it, man. That is <laughs> This slate is, is tough. It's going to be low scoring, I think, based off of the uh, you know game stacks that are available. So that's at the top. And then down below, you know, you don't go to 49 and a half. You don't go to 48 and a half. You go all the way down to 47 and a half for Cowboys and Vikings. And then the third highest on the slate, it is Jared Goff and Danny Dimes at 46 and a half. That's the context of the slate. And just real quick, like talking through that Bears and Falcons game, which we're going to do obviously in detail on Friday show. But like, if that fails, I mean, GPP winning score could be like 160 points this week. Yeah, that what could go wrong to the two run heavy teams? That if you would have told me this in week two, this this game, I would have said, oh, that totals at like 42 or 43. Like, there's no way I would have said that game is at 50 and a half. So. We'll go through that, talk about how you stack it, pace of play, all that stuff on Friday's show. I thought we were going to have another game to talk about between the Bills and the Browns, but we're getting word of a massive snowstorm in Buffalo because that's what they do. They play football outside, and that totals dropped all the way to 44. So that was a game that I thought, you know, there's lots of different pieces. We're going to talk about Josh Allen, uh, you know, talk about your boy DPJ, Harrison Bryant, like all those Browns guys. We're not going to be talking about them. So, weird slate, I will say. It's a weird one to start off. Which teams have the highest team-implied totals for Week 11? So, we've got the Ravens coming out of the bye, 27.8. They are on the road at Carolina. Uh, your Falcons, 26.8 against the Bears. Uh, the Bills, which I think will probably drop, was at 26 when I put it in the dock, uh, taking on Cleveland. And then the Eagles, 25.8 against the Colts. And the Giants, 24.8 against the Lions. None of these feel like absolute smash spots. I mean, the Ravens are like 12-point favorites at home, so I'm into that. But if Andrews doesn't play, it's like, who do you have confidence in at all? Um, the Falcons, terrified. Terrified that they have the second-highest team implied total. Like, <laughs> why? This this is, a, this is a rough slate. <laughs> and then when you look at teams on here that, like, oh, okay, so the Raiders are on the slate, and I like to play whoever's playing the Raiders because uh, their defense is so bad. Who? Oh, wait, it's the Broncos who can't score without Jerry plus. Judy, possibly. Yeah, and I'm spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about Broncos wide receivers in a second, and not just Cortland Sutton. Oh, brother, here we go. I just, I, I, is there any better joy in DFS than bringing up a player that no one's really heard of or ever used, but now for one week only, you can use this player. And they can get you four points. That's what we live for. That is that's the DFS life. So interesting slate. Which one do you think is going to be the most popular game? Yeah, not too much to say. I mean, it's just what Justin Fields has done, which truthfully has been, I think, more than anyone saw coming, has been incredible. And now he gets the absolute best matchup on paper against the Falcons, and it's the highest total. So he's going to be, I think, the quote-unquote cash game play again this week. And so he'll be popular in a fantastic matchup with a high total. And then you bring it back with someone on Atlanta. That's what people are going to want to do, whether it's Pitts or Drake London or, you know, Cordell Patterson or whoever it is. That game to me is certainly going to be the most popular, especially at this point in the year. We talk about weather. It's in a dome. So I think it will be very popular. I think Dallas, Minnesota will get steamed up. It was started off at 47. It's now 47 and a half. I'm going to say that game goes to at least 48. It's in a dome. Minnesota's defense is not great. They came up big at the very end, but it was pretty fortunate. But they're exploitable. And then even Dallas, like they got hit with some deep bombs this past week. We love Justin Jefferson. It's just we love all those pieces. So I think that's a game that people will attack. And the pricing for the quarterbacks is cheap enough where you can double stack either side comfortably and not feel like you're breaking the bank. I mean, outside of Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, CeeDee Lamb, I feel like everybody else, you can just – pick and choose like who's the cheap stacking partner in that game so i like that game a lot i think it'll gain more steam but i mean the total's still safe enough uh where people are going to go crazy i was shocked that dallas was favored on the road 
Yeah, it was. Uh, I think one and a half was the line, and I right. just looked this morning; it was one. So the market agrees with you that I'm surprised Dallas is favored, especially after they just lost to Green Bay and Minnesota has, you know, since their Eagles game on that Monday Night Football where they looked terrible, they've been awesome. So I'm very surprised as well. And I agree that that game, I put it out as a sneaky game, but I think it probably will gain some traction towards the end of the week. We'll talk about it on Friday in detail, but yes, there's so much to like about this spot. My only fear is the inefficiency that could come if Zeke is back and they just force feed him the ball. The Vikings play really good run defense. So like if they want to force feed Zeke the ball just because he's the dude and Jerry Jones loves him and all that, I could see that pulling down the ceiling of the game. But outside of that on paper, I'm very excited about it. I know you have this game in here as a sneaky. What what part of this game would you say could be sneaky this week? Well, I think it's just the fact that there's ancillary pieces that I think are probably going to go overlooked. You know, no one wants to play Adam Thielen anymore. I can't really blame people, but TJ Hawkinson's a little overpriced relative to what we think of the old TJ Hawkinson. His role, though, has been incredible. Dalton Schultz has really come on in recent weeks. So I just think there's ways that you can get there without having to sacrifice too much projection. And, you know, you can still play a couple of the chalky pieces in the game or the guys that are the field wants to play. I don't know if they'll be chalky yet, but the Justin Jeffersons, the CeeDee Lambs of the world, you know, you can still mix those guys in and still get different with your double stacks. Uh, yeah, and I mentioned those quarterbacks earlier. Like Cousins and Dak are both priced in a place where you go, I'm not breaking the bank, and people are paying up for fields. So, yeah, I, th- I, I can see that. Like I can see a Schultz or a Hawkinson being tight in one on the slate, and if you just stack them with the other correct player, like you can get it you know, a pretty good stat going on. I think Philadelphia and the Colts is a sneaky game. And I think it's sneaky because right now, Philadelphia is a seven-point road favorite. I would take the points and and the Colts right now. Not just because of what happened last night. I wrote this up before the game, but we forget these Colts at home beat the Chiefs earlier this year. Like, so there is some fight. Got some Jeff Saturday in them now. I mean, they, they love that Ryan's stuff. back under center. I, it's an interesting team to say the least. So I think that game is probably going to go overlooked. We know Jonathan Taylor went overlooked this past week because people just didn't want to play him, but you know, ended up being a great spot. So uh, keep that game in mind as we go throughout the week, but let's take a quick break and we'll come right back. All right, for week 11, which game are you feeling a little bit uh, underweight on? This game just screams ugly, ugly, ugly. I am talking about the Rams at New Orleans. This is a 39.5 point total. I can see that coming down. I can see it closing at like 38 or something. But you look at the Rams side of the ball, and this all these numbers that I'm going to give you are with Cooper Cup in the lineup. Over the last month, 30th in EPA, dead last in yards per game, 32nd in success rate, 28th in DVOA. Now they lose Cooper Cup, who, by the way, accounts for two-thirds, Kyle, two-thirds of their offensive touchdowns and over 30% of the targets receiving yards and receptions for Matthew Stafford, who, by the way, is still in concussion protocol. So, like, if he's out, they can't run the ball. Their offensive line, they just lost another starter, by the way, to an MCL injury. They can't run the ball. They can't pass protect. I mean, how do the Rams get there? We're going to talk about their team total in a second. I'd just be surprised if they score more than 20 points in this game, which just takes all the, you know, all the upside out of it, especially when you consider on the other side, we don't know who's starting a quarterback. It could be Andy Dalton. It could be Jameis Winston. People think of Jameis Winston as this high upside guy, but with the Saints, he really has not been that. And actually in his three starts this year, earlier to open the year, the Saints games in those starts two and one to the under. So to me, I have zero interest in this game stack. You could talk me into a one-off play of Alave or someone like that. But to go full game stack for me, no possible way. I'm not terribly interested, and, and correct me, but Baltimore versus Carolina feels like a trap game for a team that I'm I'm supposed to say, okay, they're 12-point home favorites. Here's an onslaught stack. Where do I go with Lamar? Like, if Andrews doesn't play. I I don't know. I, I, I wish I could tell you. I mean, I, I wanted to come in and be like, oh, Devin Duvernay is pretty nice this week at... 4,200. He's 5K. Like, they're not giving him away. So, yeah, it's tough, man. Yeah. Baker on the other side gives you no confidence. Ravens games have hit the under in five of their last six. Their defense has definitely improved. They're coming off the bye. Like, this could be a game where Gus Bus and Kenyon Drake, like, total 30 plus carries. The game hits the under, and you didn't have anyone really get there in a stack. 
So I don't know. Like DJ Moore is going to show up. I was running an optimal earlier, like just looking at our optimizer, and I was like, oh, DJ Moore is showing up. I I can't I can't do it. I cannot do it. Uh, maybe in a tournament, but like if he's showing up there, there's nobody else on the Carolina side I really want to play. I don't want to play Lockjaw. Dude, Love you, buddy. I was going to say, what do you mean Lockjaw's there? I don't. I just. I. I don't want to. I haven't played him in a couple of weeks. I didn't even play him on that Thursday night. He was too expensive. He was. He was overpriced. So yeah, I, I'm kind of underweight on that game. Which team are you most confident hits the over? Yeah, we talked about liking this game already. The Minnesota and the Dallas game. I'm going to take the Vikings over a 23 and a half or 23.3 rather is what I'm seeing right now. It makes zero sense to me based off how good they've been. They fit the over on their team total in four of the last six games. And specifically this line, they've cleared 24 plus points in every game except for one going back to week two. I know Dallas has a good defense, but Vikings on offense have been great and their games have been very high scoring recently. So I think they can score 24 points at home. We know Kirk Cousins plays better at home when he's not in prime time uh, against the Cowboys. Give me 24 points. All right. Brace yourselves, people. The team that I am most confident hitting their team implied total this week is the Broncos. Okay, I said it. Okay, this is completely matchup-based. It's at home. And then, I'll throw this in there. What if I told you the Raiders, their opponents have hit their team implied total in, hold on, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games straight. (laughs) What could go wrong? What could go wrong? You know, Broncos country? Let's try it. Um, How much are you putting on that? Six units or what? Uh, I'm not, you know, (laughs) 20. 20 units. Just called it. What's funny is that Russ has has had one top twelve game this this year. It was against these Raiders. They put up twenty three points, and they still lost the game. Like, <laughs> like the one yeah, time they, they and that was their season high in points, by the way, twenty three points. So it, anyway, I, it's a matchup thing. I think you can have confidence. What I'm really trying to say is you have confidence in a Broncos pass catcher. We'll talk about Cortland Sutton because he's too cheap. So I think you can have confidence where normally we would say punt this team off a bridge. Uh, you don't want anything to do with them. All right. Which team are you most confident hits their under? And last week we brought up those Broncos and they failed because that's what they do. That's what they do. Uh, yeah, this week I put down the Rams for obvious reasons. We just talked about the concerns and their offense in general. And the line doesn't make sense to me again because you look at 18 points is their team total. They are averaging 16.4 on the season. That's 29th in the NFL. But over the last six games, they've gone under this mark in five of them. And in that sample, they're averaging 14 and a half. The time they went over, it was 20 points. So like they're barely getting anything done. And they just lost Cooper Cup. So for me, easy under on 18 points on the road. I'm going to say that the Lions, because I'm a Lions hater. I mean, we know that. Like, I'm just, I, I will stick it to this team. But I don't love their matchup on the road against the Giants, who, when you look at their games, those games have hit the under in, hold on, let me get this real quick, seven of nine. They're gross games. They win gross games, and their opponents have only hit their team implied total twice this season. So 21.9 is a lot for them to give up, and when you look at their home games, it's not something – like they give up 20 to the Ravens at home. So it, they're a team that I'm just not not crazy about. Nobody, nobody inside – was it – uh MetLife Stadium? I forget Where they what play? Is. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one they share with the Jets, right? Yep. Okay. I was gonna. I was like, I feel like that's the Jets. Nobody has hit this team implied total yet when they played there. So give me the Giants defense, and I'm not really, uh, not really a Lions guy this week. Dan Campbell, sure. Get the boys ready. Get them excited. But get prepared to lose, Dan. That's what you're good at doing. <laughs> I feel bad. You're so mean. I took on him. so mean. He's trying to do his job, man. It is funny, like, okay, aside for a second, our job is to talk about stupid football, fake football, and then we get to clown on people for the jobs they're doing getting paid, and I know people can do that too about our jobs, but it is a funny world we're in where, like, we can talk about, I talk about Dan Campbell all the time, I I mean, for Halloween, he was my guy, and then, you know, he has no idea I exist, he's not clowning me about my job. Nope. See, he's nice, you're not. Dan, you've changed me. I'm a change man. All right, let's talk about salary standouts. Salary standouts. It's easier to become ornery 
in your old age bets as someone who is the elder here? Yeah, you're old as dirt. 35 people, still prime, still living. I got a big pickleball match today, so I'm, I'm getting getting primed up. Hamstring strain incoming in three, two. <laughs> okay, so I have a very good injury history. Like, surprisingly, like, I, I don't know how. So never broke a bone, knock on wood. Like, oh, never, you should not have just said that. People checking on Kyle in about three hours. But I, I'm saying this because I was playing with the boys, we're throwing the Frisbee, playing outside, and I, I felt something kind of give in my knee the other day. And I was like, man, I got to call bets. There's something not right. Um, make, I, I'm not going to tell my dad what you do because my dad will be the person to, to them be like, well, since bets knows some medical stuff, I will explain to him everything in my medical history. Like That my, happens my, all the time. I know. And pe- Do people ask you like, hey, I have this problem with my urine? You're like, whoa, I don't deal with that. You're like, that is above what I know, sir. Um, yes, there are some weird questions. It is. All right, week 11. Salary standouts, Justin Fields. It, it's, is he it's expensive just, enough? No, not for what he is, but at 7.6 on DraftKings against Atlanta, people are going to see what he did, and they're going to see the matchup. It would be different if we got Justin Fields, I don't know, on the road in Denver or something. But this is a easy matchup in a dome, and it's technically like a homecoming thing because uh, he played at Harrison here in Georgia. So he's... He's a baller. He's a baller. So 7.6, too cheap. Is he already in your lineup Like before you even make it? I mean, I haven't even looked at anything, but I, this, he's the first name that stuck out to me this week is just, oh, let me see what they did for Justin Fields. Yeah, it's not, not expensive enough. You could say it's starting to get up there because you're getting into the conversation soon where you're like, okay, is it Justin Fields or is it Josh Allen? And that sounds crazy to even say it, but yes, at the savings that he provides off of the top guys this week, um, for his upside and what we've seen, how good he's been, there's zero holes that you can really poke on it. The only other quarterback that stands out to me from like a points per dollar amount is Daniel Jones at 5.7 against the Lions, another defense we've been following around. I wanted to say Josh Allen, and this weather news is really throwing me off. Having confidence on a Tuesday and the fact the line has already moved down. So... We'll check back later in the week to see how we feel, but I thought Josh Allen was like, okay, he's more expensive. I, I want to play Josh Allen if the field's not going to, but we'll, we'll see how they respond. But those are our two quarterbacks early in the week on both sides that we really like. At running back, we're missing some dudes this week. Like, there's no CMC, no Derrick Henry, your boy Ken Dubs, Ken Walker's gone. So this week, it feels like it's pay up for Saquon or... Find who's in the middle tier. Yeah, it's tough. I think the pricing is really tough this week on DraftKings specifically. I listed Damian Pierce again just because of the role. The box score wasn't incredible last week. He still got it done based off of you know a median outcome standpoint. He just didn't hit a ceiling. And he kind of got buried in DraftKings pricing and uh, slate scores because he didn't. He, his salary specifically, I felt like, didn't allow people to get up to Saquon. So if you played him, you really felt the pain of it, which I did. Uh, but he's still getting a ton of work. He is the backfield 6.5K. You would pay for that in most weeks for cash if you're going to get 20 touches, which that's what we're getting from Damian Pierce. So it's kind of copy and paste the conversation from last week for me. That price tag to me is just too cheap for the role he has. He burned me. He burned me deeply, uh, especially with that care, uh, that fumble inside the red zone. Damian, yeah, come that was on, bad. buddy. Um, Lock it up, brother. In the same game, do you think people will chase what they saw with Washington, with your boy Brian Robinson? He's 5.3, and the Texans are by far the worst rush defense in the league. Like, historically bad. When you schedule, you adjust for schedule, it's like way out in front of the pack. Most rushing yards allowed. Like, at 5.3 in the same game, is that going to kind of present a who's going to be more popular? I don't think for me, like I'm considering Robinson and cash. I understand the situation last night and you know, Philly has been run funnel defense. They clearly took advantage of that and they'll be able to have success here for Houston. But this is kind of the issue with these guys that are just early down grinders is on DraftKings. If they don't fall in the end zone, you're left with, you know, 17 carries for 84 yards, no touchdown. That really hurts badly in, in cash. So I get the matchup. I get the price. 
Um, he's just not running enough routes and getting enough work in the passing game for me to consider him in, in cash. I understand the salary and the case for playing him in GPPs. But for me, I don't think I'll be looking his way in cash. If J.D. McKissick is out still with a neck injury, Antonio Gibson, is that more interesting for you? I don't know. You know, the thing is, they just don't want to use him the way that we think he should be used. And that's okay. That's just what they're doing because they're winning. So good for things. me, I hate it. Uh, for me, based off of that, probably not. Again, both these guys, though, keep them in your tournament pool. Based off the matchup, it's absolutely perfect. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at in the Washington guys. If Khalil Herbert's not playing, Dave Montgomery at 6.1, we talked last week, right, as like, here's a leverage point with Fields. Can you play both in your cash lineup? I don't think so, because mostly because Fields has been doing so much with his legs. And I think at some point that will regress a little bit. Maybe not to the point of like what he was doing early in the year, but we can't expect 150 yards every week from him on the ground. That said, if you're playing fields to have a great game or even another ceiling game, it's going to come at the expense of Damian Pierce. So for me in cash, I would feel a little uneasy about that. We'll see what the field does. Obviously, we think field is going to be very popular. Again, I love going back to Montgomery, especially if no Khalil Herbert as leverage off fields, if the field is overvaluing you know, Justin Fields this week. I'm kind of mad because my favorite running back plays... This week, Saquon, Dave Montgomery, correlate with my favorite quarterback place. And that's not something we normally want to do uh, with two teams that could win rough and ugly. Like, it, it'd be different if we said my favorite running back play of the week is Kansas City running back and Patrick Mahomes. I'd be like, cool, they're going to score 30, it's fine. So, think about that as you're getting your lineups together. I just love Saquon. I think you can pay up this week. I think there's enough punt plays available at wide receiver and tight end where you can get up to 8.9 he just looks like a great play against the lions what 35 carries this past week um yeah he's the offense yeah at wide receiver Cortland sutton is in the week like my favorite early play at 6k and he saw 11 targets this past week jerry judy is probably out do we know the extent of the injury i mean they've called him day-to-day Head coaches calling guys day to day again. What you know? What could go wrong? Um, I don't think he plays early in the week, and so you can plan. I think for now we'll, we'll adjust as we get news. We can plan for now for Cortland Sutton. I think to be the alpha and get the volume, which is kind of what we thought he'd be early in the year. And then slowly, Jerry Judy started carving out more and more of a role. So we got eleven targets for Sutton last week in a game that Judy missed most of that game. So yeah, you talked about the matchup already at six K. If there was no Jerry Judy, to me, he would look incredibly strong. Can I mention some other Broncos wide receivers? Do you have the stomach for this? I think I, I did just eat lunch, but I, th- I think I'm ready. Okay, I have lunch after this, so I'm totally fine. Um, shout out, by the way, to Quiznos, which Mike sometimes orders here, which I thought they were dead, and I think we're the only ones keeping them alive. I was going to say, I haven't heard of Quiznos in literally probably five years. No, we, we've gotten them like a fair amount over the last month, and we're all like, I mean... It's Quiznos, so we, there's like some nostalgia there, but I just didn't know they were alive and doing well. Or maybe, like I said, maybe we are the only ones keeping them in business. When they drop off your food today, ask if they want to be the Slate Breaker sponsor this week. Okay. No, that's that's fair because I think they have some... Uh, do they have any marketing budget anymore? Because they did have a big like campaign <laughs> no, back in the day. No, brother, that's gone. No, no budget for that. The problem with Quiznos is like they cornered the market with, we toast our sandwiches. Cool. Well, guess what? Everybody and their mama can do that. And it's not that special <laughs> anymore. So whatever. All right. Here's the two wide receivers I was I want to talk about on the Broncos. Kendall Hinton, the famed Kendall Hinton who started that one game that was the worst game ever at quarterback. And some guy named Virgil who caught the touchdown last week. Don't play him because he didn't run many routes. But Kendall Hinton actually ran the most amount of routes on the team. So if you were punting and you didn't play Cortland Sutton, would you be interested? It's so hard to poke targets. any holes in these. Yeah, it's so hard to poke holes in the guys that are 3K and above because you're literally playing them just for salary savings so that you can get up to other players. So, yeah, I mean, if there is no Jerry Judy and quietly also very important KJ Handler missed last week, which inflates the numbers for these guys. If Hamler's out again, then, yeah, I mean, you could talk me into that for sure at 3.6. Yeah, I just wanted to give Kendall Hinton at 3.6, Ben Skoranek at 3.9, who's going to be stepping into a huge role, led the team 
in routes last week. Uh, and then Paris Campbell at 4.3. I think early on in the week, if you needed to punt wide receiver or go down a little low, I think you can get some PPR uh, ability in those guys. And that's all we're looking for. Like Paris Campbell's actually sneaky been good with Matt Ryan, but Skoranek and Hinton, like if you got three for 30, you'd be totally fine with that. Yeah, for, for sure. And I think real quick, just before we move on, like for tournaments, easy in the week, like early in the week, it's like, how can yes. I fade these guys is what I'm thinking already. We talked about the risks with the Rams guys, Skoranek, Van Jefferson. These guys are probably all going to gain some steam, Allen Robinson. Um, so I'll be looking to try to fade them in tournaments. But I think if you're talking about salary savers for cash, they make a lot of sense for sure. But if you don't want to play gross guys and you do want to spend up a little bit <laughs> you like for actual NFL players... players. <laughs> if you want to play the good players this week, um, Terry McLaurin's price has just been insane for his role below 6k 5.9. I know Houston more run funnel, but we just saw it against Philly last night. The matchup doesn't matter when you're seeing 30% target share and you know, Heineke is willing to play Yolo ball and chuck it to Terry. He's just been so good over the last month since he's been under center. So at 5.9, I love him. We talked about Sutton. I'm in on him. Um, we need to monitor Amon Ross St. Brown throughout the week. He had a little minor tweak of the, um, ankle that he had early in the year we'll see if he's affected at all if he's fully healthy again 7.2 is just insanely cheap for a guy who uh, going back to last season like in his last 12 games that were not affected by injury so he didn't leave early or come back from injury and play limited snaps this is crazy kyle 12 12 11 11 11 10 12 12 9 10 9 11 targets in those games so you know what you're getting and in cash we're chasing targets and then I had this guy as like a spend-up option, but now I'm a little nervous with the weather. We'll see. Steph Diggs against Cleveland. Cleveland is the secondary we like to pick on. If it's terrible weather, you know, we'll talk about it later in the week. We'd be off that. But if it's not as bad as people think, then keep Diggs in your pool. Josh Allen knows how to play in cold weather, so I wouldn't be worried about that. It's just a matter of, of how bad is it. Yeah, I think that you'll be able to have at least one solidly priced wide receiver this week. Uh, Amon Ra is like a perfect price point. 7.2. I like that a lot. On FanDuel, our top points per dollar projection right now is Devonta Smith, who is priced before the Monday night game. He's only 6.4. So on FanDuel, that looks pretty good at Indianapolis. And then Darnell Mooney is priced down. He's clearly the wide receiver one. Like I was shocked. Chase Claypool was super involved their first week with the Bears. And then last week they said, hey, let's just like, like shift this down and like let him go behind like Byron Pringle and Equinemius St. Brown. Like, it was a weird thing to trade for a player and then all of a sudden say, like, we don't want him out on the field at all. They went backwards. So, Mooney, 6K against the Falcons on FanDuel is a steal. At tight end, we mentioned Mark Andrews. We don't know his status right now. Dalton Schultz looks great. He looks like he's at a great price point. He's been great with Dak. We love the game environment. So, he's kind of like the more expensive, but only 4.3. And then, yeah, I feel like we just have the same dudes in the dock every week. We do. And we're trying to save money. And the nice thing is that this week we'll probably have a ton of options. So don't get locked in early in the week. But two names that stuck out to me. I know Greg Dulcich was a guy everyone played last week. He failed miserably. But again, opportunity without Jerry Judy, 3.8. The matchup is there. And then Foster Moreau, you know what you're getting. You're getting somewhere in the range of like 40 to 50 yards, three to four catches, and you're hoping for a touchdown. But he's been good for cash games because he saves you money and you can play him as a punt option. Uh, he was 3.2 the last few weeks, so he is up a little bit, but 3.7, totally fine for me in cash. Can I mention to you Jack Stoll? Oh, I was hoping you'd bring him up. Dude, is he still going with the flow? I haven't seen him in a while. He used to have a massive flow. I mean, I don't think it's as big as it was, but he still has longer hair relative to you or I. And that is very important, but on FanDuel, 4.4, like he's a cheap punt stone men play that I guess if you wanted to with Dallas Goddard out you could play him um are you interested in going there I mean it depends on how the rest of the lineup looks and if I need to just get as little as possible for my tight end from a salary standpoint yeah for sure I mean the Eagles use the tight end for sure he's been getting a little bit of run as the tight end too alongside of Goddard with Goddard out he should play as the uh lead pass catcher and he actually has a pretty good set of hands so in cash, if it makes it work for your lineup, totally fine for me. At defense, I right now, it's Tuesday. I could be a different man by Friday. I cannot imagine not playing the Steelers this week. On DraftKings, yep. at 2.3, at home against the Bengals, 
Like, that is a dream setup for a defense that got T.J. Watt back, and these two teams played in week one. What if I told you in week one, Joe Burrow was sacked seven times and had four INTs? That was not great. I remember that game. He looked terrible. Yeah, so I think that they have a nice sack-based floor. That's what I needed to say. And uh, they're cheap. Like, it's the perfect world. I was going to say, you're missing the most important part is that they're 2.3 on DraftKings. Yes, they are the, my preferred play. They're the first name I actually put on the dock today. Um, I also wanted to give everyone a second option, just in case you are looking to spend up a little bit. We talked about the Rams and the concerns there. Uh, New Orleans at home, 3K. Probably more of a GPP play because of their price. Um, but those two defenses early in the week look incredible. On FanDuel, I'll mention the Steelers at 3.8. And then I'll throw out the Raiders. They're a punt play at 3.2. If you just think the Broncos are going to continue to score 15 points a game, you could do a lot worse there. If you want to play with us, go to ballersdfs.com, get in our DraftKings League, and then enter a contest. It's as simple as that. Our 600-person contest that our boy, earlier on in the show, Coach Dan, he won this past week. You could win it too if you join the contest. Go to ballersdfs. It's a great way to invite your friends to play DFS and to steal our money. I mean, that's... All people have been doing all year long is just taking my entry money and just, I I should just siphon it straight Venmo everybody right now. You should. That'd just be easier. Save everyone time. You know, they don't have to set a lineup. They don't have to worry about entering the contest. Just let Kyle know what your Venmo is. Yeah. No, I haven't been doing great in those contests recently. I feel like I was on a hot streak last year where I was just taking people's money, coming on this podcast, laughing at them. It has not been so this year. Bets, sign us off. Alrighty, happy to. Yes, it is the end of the Tuesday show, but that means we're looking ahead to Friday. Lots to get to with the news, best plays, game stacks, all that stuff coming on Friday. Have a good week. Enjoy. We'll see you on Friday. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.